0: Greetings earthlings we have now taken over your radio
1: Oh yes Coolio
0: shout out to the to a real one with the greatest Aww. song from the soundtrack of the classic movie Space Jam hit 'em high the monster's theme Is it better than Come on and Slam
1: though Yeah wait yeah for real Yes it is it is better I think whoa, actually whoa, from whoa, it whoa. Like, uh, I didn't say no I didn't sign up for that sentence Hit right 'em right. high
0: is better than the Space Jam Anthem by Quad City DJ. Folks, we have decided to cancel the podcast for the foreseeable future. <laughs> please don't kill
1: us. Please.
0: I, it's it like, I will, I will die on this hill. Hit 'em High is the best song on that soundtrack. You clearly and
1: have not seen the memes made by Come On and Slam being mixed with anime jams, and I have to send you all of them.
0: Well, that's memes.
1: Maybe from
2: a technical standpoint, Chris might have a point.
0: How can you argue with a song that features Coolio? LL Cool J, Method Man, Busta Rhymes, in like peak 90s form.
3: Oh no, we're not not saying that it's not a great song, but we're saying that. Come on
1: and slam, and welcome to the jam. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. Come on, you can't not say it and not feel good. We are getting so off track.
2: Okay, Okay, this has become like like slightly too old at the Thanksgiving table relative talk now where we reminisce about nineties movies for way too long. <laughs> so the reason we've been talking about space jam is because, because one,
3: Chris it, doesn't understand what aliens are.
1: The Monstars are aliens. The monsters are aliens and it is literally called space jam, but I do think it is super important that we bring it up that we are talking about UFOs and aliens. we talked a bit about them in one of our first American episodes, but we got a request to do it. And they really are like some of the uh, the coolest. Really, it's it's such an interesting topic because is there life out there and has it come and hung out with us? That's well, something people have taught about. And, and, but, and like,
3: would life even be what we assume life to be?
1: Yeah, it's such a weird concept for so many humans. I hope for hive
2: mind fungi. Ah, that would be pretty dope. I mean,
3: like, I don't know. We'll talk about it later, but I feel like Gundam did a good job with Aliens in Double Zero.
1: All right. Um, Chris, this is uh, this is your baby. You're the one who did the notes on this one.
0: This is our spooky time. Welcome to October, everybody. Cue the music.
1: All right, so... As far as, um, well, we had other news, and then Don found an article.
2: Did you see the giant fish? This is really exciting. So there was previously the record um, ocean sunfish, or the mola mola. weight uh, was a little over 5,000 pounds. A new one very recently was found in the Azores. Um, dead, unfortunately. So not alive. Wasn't killed. It just like, I think it just washed up. 2,744 kilos, which is the new record
1: this fish is over six thousand
2: pounds it is a monster
3: too bad it doesn't taste good right like mola mola tastes bad
2: which honestly it's really good for them that they don't because um they're kind of like they're not the most athletic fish they spend a lot of time at the surface they're very easy to catch they're um very uh, they're, the fact that they're riddled with parasites and are very like terrible to eat like they don't really have a lot of predators when they get big um and they are the largest bony fish it's just crazy to me that it's a thousand pounds bigger than the previous record.
1: Who knows what else is like it's again, that's a little bit almost like the alien thing. I'm like, yo, what else is out there if it's a thousand pounds bigger? I've seen the picture of this thing. And honestly, if even if you discount the bloat of it, like being floating around and dead, this thing is a absolute unit. It is terrifying that that thing lives in the ocean. And I'm very happy that it only eats jellyfish. You heard it here folks,
0: don't look to the stars, look in the oceans to be scared. I mean scared. that's
1: usually like what horror movies saw. Honestly, when horror movie people get tired of alien movies, they just do ocean movies and then vice versa. Yeah.
2: Oh, and fun um sunfish fact is previously they thought they were like basically just really big plankton and it turns out they're more aggressive of a predator than um we thought and they will catch like squid and fish and also lots of jellyfish. Oh, well, that's nice. Mm. All right.
0: Pokémon stuff. Like there's
2: a lot of them in the Azores, so I guess that's a good place if you want to go see a Mola.
3: Can, i'm gonna take the first one please
2: uh, we have the pokemon oh the pokemon oh, yeah i'm gonna ska? take the yeah. first one yeah i'm gonna oh, take yeah, the first go one.
3: For it. i am so excited okay legit because you all know me i have this weird obsession about poke dolls and like i i play the games with what i own because i'm weird like that i love giraffe rig and for years i have wanted it to be useful <laughs> And now we got Ferrigaraff. 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 I
2: think Giraffe Rig had a moment in like 2016.
0: Don, I have to say, Don's mistaken because Giraffe Rig is the moment. That's right.
2: I apologize. Forgive me.
3: Like when I was, you know, like a kid and Golden and Silver First came out, I loved it. But uh, actually, uh, Chloe has a Giraffe Rig. Like that thing's the most adorable Pokemon. And I'm so excited to see Frig-a-Raff. Um
1: So yeah, we had that 15 minute video. And we had the what we had, they introduced a lot of fun stuff in the game. Varigaraf being the best part. I like how he's wearing his tail as a hoodie.
3: The best part's not sandwiches.
1: The best <laughs> part, okay.
3: Lila was so angry, Lucas. Lila was like, we had a really cool curry system, and now this?
1: Now deli sandwiches. Now, you hold like on roast now. beef? I think that Subway has ruined our view of the sandwich. A sandwich is one of the finest vehicles of consuming food on the planet. It is, ma- it is- Lucas
2: is just ready. He's ride or die for sandwiches.
1: Sando's all day, every day, <laughs> crushing it. This whole episode is the four of us
3: ride or die on something stupid. <laughs> I've
1: got I've got hit him high. Lucas has sandwiches. Okay, so the sandwich system, fine. It's the TM crafting that's weird. What? I'm excited for that. I mean, it it it's nice that they added crafting. They could have added it back in, you know, 1997 with all the other RPGs. It's nice that they waited to the year of our Lord 2022. Good for them.
2: Here's my issue with the crafting. I feel like games have just been deciding they need to have craft crafting systems systems lately, like ever since particularly Breath of the Wild, which was a pretty basic crafting system. But like, and then we got stuff like the new Animal Crossing where previously you
3: I mean, so they did right, it in Arceus, though, and that game was super popular.
2: But it's been used in a lot of games. That's yes. The... But I think some games don't inherently need crafting systems to be. I, I think it makes sense in Arceus because, like, you're a forager. You're out there in the, the olden days.
3: I think. I think maybe another point to look at it is that they're per- like trying to make it just a little bit more difficult than it was in Sword and Shield to get TMs.
2: I we know. just had infinite TMs, though, didn't we? It was the TRs that broke. TRs. TRs could break, yes, but I
3: meant like a little bit harder than TRs because, like, let's face it, I you know would have ten of every TR at any given moment. Yeah, it was pretty easy to do.
2: I know, I'm just looking at like how I personally with the, I I feel like the old Animal Crossings your stuff didn't break, and then they were like, we need more crafting, so let's make their stuff break. That's fair. And that's kind of my gripe is that I feel like it's just they're making a problem for a thing, like they're making a problem to add a system.
3: Let's see how it turns out. It might be cool, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: No, of course. I'm not uh, inherently
2: I, anti. Also, giraffe frigs' abilities are really cool. Or giraffe. Yeah, they
1: are. Giraffe, like cut you. Like we're going to talk about this when this comes out. Like cut you to me is one of the most perfect abilities to give a giraffe. I, I for me, my soft spot comes to the fact that I worked with giraffes for like a year and a half. Like they're so cool and they're so weird. I love them for that. We talked. Oh, I mean, God.
0: we we talked about them in our ruminant episode years ago.
1: Yeah, and now I get to bring up their abilities again. All right, now today. While we were recording...
3: We got the screamer leader, right?
1: We got a we got a streamer gym leader.
3: I'm excited, and I love her. And I will protect her. I love her.
1: I'm not excited. If everyone else is excited, let them be. I didn't know what a VTuber was until today.
3: I think the only thing I'm not excited about is her teeth. Girl, like, don't file your teeth. Apparently that's don't
1: a VTuber th- thing. Yeah, there's a, this one shark VTuber that's super popular who had, like,
2: the shark... T-
3: don't do that people it's really bad don't the do last
2: that. uh the streamer guy in sword and shield also has fangs so maybe right that's on. just the thing that yes that guy i don't know i think it'll be really
1: interesting because i you know how like when they showed the gym leader like for the grass types he had a pseudo wodu and like haha now it's a grass type i want to see what hers is i want to see her turn another pokemon into an electric type like i want her to take like something super cute and then make an electric type
2: so she can put it on her team i saw someone saying she's just gonna like Terra type of magnezone in ice type mid battle and just slap you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like you dare oh you thought a ground type. Guess again, child. Get wrecked. That'd be awesome. I would love to
2: see that in a fight. I feel like they could have just had a bunch of cool pictures of her or whatever. Um but I get what they're doing with the trailer. And I don't hate the design. I think all the streamers don't like her. And this joke's already been made on Twitter by people that aren't me, but I'm going to repeat it. Cause it was funny as they didn't like how like on the nose it was of what they do or like, and next oh, so week, that exactly tune it. in. Yeah. It was looking at <laughs> yeah. a mirror. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I kind of feel bad because they put so much effort
1: into the voice thing. But like, I feel bad for the voice thing of like, they actually put the time to put voice work into this character. And like, it sounds great for the character when we turn on the game, do you think she's gonna have any voice work? No, probably not. I which yeah. bums me out.
3: I'm gonna keep my hopes up that we get some voice acting. Because
1: like, if that was where they're starting with voice work, great. She sounded exactly like she should.
2: I want to say there was a thing in the uh, when they they had the the professor principal guy was telling people at their Pokemon journey. I want to say there was like a disclaimer that said like voice for cutscene or voice for promo only or something.
3: Okay, that's. But fair. I'm ho-
2: I I would like voice work though. Oh, if it, even if it's just in
1: cutscenes, I would like—I would be the happiest human being on the planet.
2: Probably. I would like to come back and voice Youngster Joey and hype the use and quality of shorts, though.
3: <laughs> I like shorts.
2: They're comfy and easy to wear.
3: They're comfy.
2: Very
1: quickly, the other—the other bits of news we have.
0: The uh, GameStop is doing another code giveaway for anyone who is struggling to get restricteds for the last series in Sword and Shield series thirteen. But you can get Genesect and Volcanion uh, between October 16th and the 29th, and then Shadow from the 30th to the 12th. So if you missed those in previous games, you can get them into Sword and Shield and Home for Future games pretty easily with the codes.
3: Do you know the only one I didn't get, I never got? What? Was Grass Monkey. That was like like, like the height of my divorce when I was like, I'm depressed and don't have energy to do anything.
2: I don't think it's very good. If that makes you feel better.
3: I know, but I, I, I still want. wish I had one. <laughs>
2: I'll try to track you
1: on down. Right, and uh, Pokemon Go stuff?
0: Pokemon Go. So
1: there's the Litwick
0: Community Day, which is Yay!
1: Saturday. I'm so excited. Tomorrow from our release date. And
0: it'll evolve to learn Poltergeist.
3: Hey, any of you Ohio fans, come out to Medina. Come play with me.
0: And it will probably still be the glass cannon that it is and die to everything, including fire.
3: But the shiny...
0: The shiny's awesome, and one of my favorite shinies.
3: It's so cute. It's awesome. Haley, Haley wants me to catch like two of them because her favorite Digimon is Candlemon.
1: That's a pretty specific Digimon, and I'm here for it. I'm I'm here for that.
0: And the and so Chandler, awesome. And then the Festival of Lights event is happening, which mainly that's uh, Shinotic and Morlul are getting Mm -hmm. put into the game.
2: Yes, bad Amoongus.
0: It's keeping it's keeping up with the trend of releasing new Pokemon one at a time on a weird weekly basis. Uh overall, though, some pretty cool stuff happening. So, uh, and Scizor got added into Unite for Lucas's costuming
1: dreams. Yay. All right. Madison?
3: Yes. We have a platform here, and I wanted I, I felt I could not be comfortable with myself I didn't say something. So for anyone who's not ready, this is a huge election year. I know it's a uh, it's an off year, it's a midterm year. It's honestly probably going to be one of the most substantial midterms we've had in this country's history. And there's a lot up for grabs here. And honestly, we're at a really, really interesting tipping point that, that we as voters get to decide, for those of us here in the U.S. and a voting age, kind of what direction we want things to go. And it really comes down to a couple different options, right? We have options, you know, that will support, uh, you know, equality for individuals, women's and minority rights, and, you know, things like climate change. And then we have the opposite options that don't do any of that. I want to implore everyone here to do as much research as you can and to please, please, please turn out to vote. And get anyone in your life who is not ready to vote, ready to vote, and take them to vote. As this, we need everyone this year.
1: I want to point out that a lot of times when it comes to people voting, we forget about the, like the local elections, which is like a huge deal.
3: Well, local elections are huge because they, they signal massive shifts for statewide and the national policies.
1: Yes. So we do want to use our platform to talk a little bit about voting. Please, if you're voting age, if you're legally registered to vote go vote. You got a right to do it. If you are not in the United States, I know you probably hear about American politics more than you really should, because it's not your country. I understand it as someone who's not, like, I'm not really from here, except that I was plopped out here. So I get it.
3: Fascism is on the rise. Um, And for those of you who don't know me, well, I do a lot of political work. Uh, It's a big deal to me because, I mean, like, you know, I have kids, and I want this to be a world where they can grow up to be safe and happy and supported too
1: moving on let's
3: do fun stuff
1: all right chris beam us up let's get started now we get to talk
0: about aliens and alien invasions and it's time to get spooky so uh just to kind of start out humans have been pondering life beyond the stars or humans have pondered life beyond the stars not so much as a modern convention as people might think there's a uh a philosopher, I believe it's metrodorus of Chios in ancient Greece, wrote a single ear of wheat in a large field is as strange as a single world in infinite space. These thoughts have been there. And over time, institutions kept that thinking from proliferating. And so, uh, you know, over time, that thinking of, you know, there, there's more than just what's here. There's mo- There should be more than what's just on earth is out there. Uh, and so as our understanding of... The universe has grown over time. So has the wondering, pondering about other worlds, other aliens. And also the rise of science fiction, pop culture, and also the sightings, alleged sightings of these otherworldly creatures that for some reason have chosen to come to Earth.
1: Now what's weird about the sightings as well is obviously number one is the United States has the most sightings. Do you guys remember what country has the second most the second highest number of UFOs. Is it Russia? It is not Russia. Is it like Brazil? Wasn't there? It a is not Brazil. Thing? I'll give you a hint. It's Europe. It is a European nation. Cyprus. France. Yes, it is France. France has one of the highest uh, viewings of UFOs amongst the general population compared to the United States, which is weird
0: because you would assume... Well, and also, like, in just the general viewing of UFOs, talk around aliens and UFOs has grown exponentially in the 1900s and it should be no surprise that this obviously coincides with when humans started putting things in the air like airplanes and we've done it at an exponential rate (laughs) than any other point in human history and i know
2: there was a huge um uptick in ufo sightings partially because i think like the human mind was a lot more fascinated with space and Subjects like that right after they started doing the nuclear tests,
3: but like that's exactly it. Like the human mind, like looks for ways to, ju- you know, to justify and explain what's going on around it.
0: So one of the the first well documented or well known documented sightings of a UFO in the, uh, in the world came in 1947 in Washington near Mount Rainier. Uh, a gentleman named Kenneth Arnold was flying his plane. Why? And he dis- <laughs> when he described seeing a crescent shaped object moving thousands of miles per hour in the air and what's what's notable about his encounter and his experience is he describes this movement to the local paper as if it was it moved as if it was skipping a skipping saucer on water which the newspaper then misprinted saying that it was saucer shaped and that's why we get the term flying saucers
3: it was not saucer shaped because who would make a saucer shaped?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about aerodynamics,
3: I've seen She-Hulk spaceships are crescent.
1: Great show, but not the best. I mean, not the best spaceship design. Well, to be fair, anything can move in space because there's no. That's air. the point. Anything, you want.
3: anything can move in space, Lucas. So
0: 1947, it uh, was another, as I say, landmark year for UFOs. Mac Brazel came across a 200 yard long wreckage. Uh, near an Air Force field, which as uh, people took to be the remains of a crashed UFO, uh, mostly because that's what people were talking about because you had the instances like at Mount Rainier. Also,
3: also that's because the Pentagon lied about it and didn't release the actual documents until the 1990s when they admitted it was a military, like it was military gear that they were testing against the communists.
1: Which makes perfect sense. I would totally keep that secret. (laughs) It's the, it's the, so what they,
0: they, at the time they claimed this was a downed weather balloon, but things got a lot worse when they were dropping, what you're alluding to Madison is when they were dropping humanoid like dummies with latex skin and aluminum bones. And they just see these shining things that have like heads and arms and legs tumbling out of the air. And then the air force Kind of scurries about and picks them up. And they were testing equipment to see how like pilots could safely drop from airplanes. This also ties in with Area 51 because in the 50s and 60s, prime Cold War times, they were testing a lot of equipment for spying on the communists that you don't want people to know that you have. So if the general public starts sees your SR-71 Blackbird flying through the air and they say it's a UFO, you're not going to say, yeah, we have a stealth plane in the air. You're like, yep, that's definitely a UFO. You're absolutely right.
3: Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's cla- yeah, classified. It's a classified, unidentified flying object. Not the fastest thing to ever hit the sky. <laughs> With the introduction of smartphones, we have started seeing... A- we still have people taking tons of pictures and finding which out. Now, are most of them fake? More than likely. And this is coming from someone who does not believe that aliens have visited the planet. I'm saying that people get some weird stuff out there and it still boils up. And how many of those weird things are still also could be government projects? Like still to the oh, sure. Like and not just United States one, but other countries one. Like this plan really worked
3: i think uh neil degrasse tyson had the best comment on it and as much as i'm not necessarily an ndt fan if if extraterrestrials were here you know we would have ample evidence because everyone and their brother has a camera and a computer in their pocket but
1: maybe one day we'll be the aliens to some other poor unsuspecting schmuck and then we'll or, take their cats. or
3: we'll time travel and pretend we're the aliens because we're time traveling
1: and bet on horse
2: racing <laughs> Yes, I like Chris's idea more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bet on horse racing. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Well, let's. That that was your. Yeah, that was the the quick and dirty topic about uh, about alien UFO sightings and and invasions. But let's get to some of the Pokemon that have invaded this digital universe that we love. Ha ha. <laughs> I
3: routine.
2: like that transition. Good work. You're welcome. <laughs> Good segue.
0: So we have Staru and Starmie, who I am calling the quintessential alien Pokemon to me, because there's nothing about them that really makes them alien, other than humans being suspicious about them.
1: It's weird and glowing, and it <laughs> regrows its limbs.
0: Aliens, get the shotguns, hide the cows. Not even that, Lucas. In Fire Red, it says that it, it the quote is it has a geometric body, and because of its body, people believe it's an alien.
1: Okay, they need to get a microscope and start looking at some zooplankton.
0: <laughs> they're like, oh my god, math! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Witchcraft! <laughs> but th- this, to me, this also shows how old the species is, because there are some other Pokemon that are newer, and it's like, yeah, these things came here 40 years ago. Like, the people don't, can't have, they're not citing a new appearance of Staryu and Starmie. That shows how old these Pokemon are in the worlds that they exist in. Now, the other reason that Star You and Starmie are thought to be alien is because they have a behavior where they appear to be broadcasting radio beams out into space at night, and no one knows why. And inherently, that's definitely suspicious. But I don't see that much of a difference than someone seeing, like, a wolf howl at the moon and people saying that they're calling in a massive dog invasion.
1: There was a movie like that, actually, where dogs were actually aliens. They were calling in their masters. I actually learned.
2: Sorry, Lucas, to cut you off. But yeah, it was. Oh, was it all? It was like a kid's movie, right? Yeah, it was a kid's movie movie. that
1: dogs came from space and that they were when dogs are howling at when wolves howl at the moons, they were just howling for their home
2: planet. It was
3: called Cats and Dogs.
2: (laughs) No, Cats and Dogs was the one where they were spies. There was was, this right. This is different on an unrelated note, but also shockingly related for a random thing to come up. I learned today about the do you guys know about the sequel to 101 dalmatians not the movie
3: 102
2: no no the book the book sequel no okay so it was written in like 1957 and i read, learned about it today and it's amazing it's called the twilight barking and basically all the dogs woke up and everyone that's not a dog is frozen in time um and they think it's cruella DeVille's fault also now they all have telepathy and they can fly wait what yes and they so they go to kill cruella Deville, but she's also asleep um, so them and then like that little boy in the house cat that helped them not get skinned to death in the first movie, like are also unfrozen from time because they're honorary dogs for their good deeds. This is all legit. This is in the book. Um, and then they go to the town square because they get a like, mysterious telepathy message. And it's Sirius, the dog star, who's also the god of all dogs. And he offers to take them to space dog paradise so they don't have to live under the threat of nuclear war. What? Yes, this is the real book. This is. There's the is,
3: name of the book. What is the name of the book?
2: Twilight Barking.
3: Okay, I'm in, I'm gonna buy Lila a copy of this book.
2: <laughs> so back to back to Star You and Star Me. I'm sorry, I couldn't. I, I learned about that today, <laughs> that was, and I had to share it.
0: That was that was a worthwhile on the must uh, read list. The tangent. Starlight
2: Barking. Yep, that's on the reading list.
0: <laughs> so to to date, there has not been a massive Star You Star Me invasion that we know. Why
1: not? Uh, dc would come after them for ripping off starro
0: (laughs) the the signals haven't reached that far in space yet i don't know but speaking of radio waves we can't do an alien invasion episode and not give a shout out to orson wells it's the most famous radio broadcast in history who at the young age of 23 adapted war of the Worlds into a radio show it was told through fake news bulletin. So basically the the radio It was cast...
3: told that it was fake news.
2: Yeah, I think the main issue were people toning tuning in after yeah. the
0: it's if you if you miss the intro, you don't get the part where people say it's fake. And it was and the way it was aired is it has like it's just music playing, music playing, just like your normal radio show, and then boom, breaking news, something has crashed in, blah, like you know, blah blah blah, back to the music, and then like five minutes later, another news bulletin. And people started freaking out. There people called the cops. they running out of their houses. And I brought I brought this up too because it's very easy to make fun of that nowadays. Uh, or like people running out of a movie theater. But it's it's important to remember that every new technology has an adjustment period for society, and that was very much in that moment. And so, like there there will come a time fifty years from now when people the the future children will look at us and be like, "How could you ever fall for deep fakes?" take new technologies with with grace
1: it's also and i mean like i honestly think that orson well the 23 is the most shocking part imagine having that kind of feeling of like power in your life like at 23 years old i just terrified an entire nation
3: also he's orson Welles. so
1: <laughs> yeah but like i mean even at 23 fresh out of college fresh out of college <laughs> i'm gonna go terrorize the nation
3: I mean, like, have you ever seen a picture of Orson Welles? was like,
1: he's he is a pretty,
2: pretty intense looking fellow. He's
3: an intense dude. <laughs> so, uh, we uh, the next
0: the next month, I wanted to bring up one of my favorites, and I know we did this a little bit on the, a birthday episode when we were going fast and furious, but Sableye, we have to talk about with the 1955 Hopkinsville Little Green Men invasion, where uh, five adults and seven children ran into a police station claiming to have been attacked by uh, aliens and had been fighting them off for four hours. (laughs) And they described them as short dark figures who kept popping up in their windows with claws and big ears and kind of teeny tiny. And much like with that Mount Rainier incident over time, coverage of the event added in uh, things like they had big glowing eyes added in that they weren't these little dark figures, but they were green figures and that's where we this this event is where we get the idea of like the little green men, the idea of the, the little green men with like the big bulbous eyes. Uh, that's sort of where this the coverage of that event sprung from this. And a lot of the exp- the explanation, Don, do you want to talk about the explanation for
2: what actually happened
0: <laughs> or what may have happened?
2: If you've ever seen a great horn owl, they're big. Um, and if you're not familiar with them, they're pretty intense but they're very tall they're like one of the largest i think the largest north american owl unless you get up north and get the snowy owls and great gray owls but um especially like limited sight um they can be like the size of a small person maybe three feet or so or close to it especially with their tufted ears uh like ear tufts on their head and they kind of just like to stand around menacingly
0: and they have yellow eyes
2: too and they have yellow eyes another big thing with the mothman that you see is some overlap there them too oh yeah and the fact that I heard there was a famous one. It was on time where they shot at them, and then they it sounded like they had metal armor. Oh, there was a different famous. I think it's like the somethingville goblin,
0: oh, no, that that, that was this one where they said that they 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 couldn't hit them. Yeah, yeah, yes,
2: they said they were shooting at them. at one part, um ten people were shooting at them, and it was like evening time. And then, like sort of left out of the initial report is that directly behind where the goblins were it was their like metal chicken coop. And like a lot of birds are especially owls are like shocking amount of their body. You look at is feathers. Um, So it it would be easy to even think you did hit it and just have a pass through on the feathers where the owl really probably wouldn't react because it's going to try to stay still initially in a weird situation like that.
1: It's also important to remember that owls are, like most birds of prey, uncomfortably strong. So whenever they're like, if you're hearing like, and with these massive claws, if you're hearing them clicking and clacking everywhere and holding and gripping onto stuff, if they're swooping in at you, it is horrifying. If you, it's, even if you know what it is even if you see it bright as day and you know oh that's a great horned owl it is terrifying although they're not that smart but that's, aren't they also very like defensive
0: of their nests yes, yes they
1: are one of my old biology teachers stated like hey you want to just mess with owls in your backyard if you play like certain owl calls like smaller owl calls or something like that like or great horned owl calls they'll come and find out who's on their territory and they'll get really upset
2: you can do that with raccoons too. If you play raccoon fighting sounds, a raccoon will come to join the fight or see what's up. Oh,
0: oh are we fighting?
2: Also, don't yeah, it was it's very always <laughs> funny in Philadelphia, honestly.
0: Oh, we're throwing down? let's go. We smash I wanna, bottles. I want to punch somebody.
3: Oh my gosh.
0: So yeah, don't don't do any of that. Matt Madison, you wanted to add something? I
3: did. I did. Um Well, cause like, and it's been something that's really stuck with me um, because I was really big into uh like the actual, like space science and that stuff for a while. Um, But like, I don't know, like just, I remember reading a lot of, uh, what are they? Astrobiologists? Was that the term?
1: Astrobiologists? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And like the entire discussion of that, like if there was extra, you know, if there is life out there, that's also like very likely that it's not even carbon based the way we are and then it might not operate or even appear to be life to us.
0: You are citing the hit classic film with Orlando Jones Evolution.
3: Uh um. no, <laughs> no, I'm talking about the fact that but like no, but even so you know, in, more e-
2: silica based.
3: Okay, but hold on. Even those though, appear to be life. So, um I think and I know it's going to be the You're nerdiest. more along
2: like sentient crystal sort of levels of other stuff kind of. Right?
3: Uh yeah, I actually I was going to say like this was uh the Gundam Double Zero movie did a really good job with this, actually, uh, because it's, it, it's actually the the whole Gundam series keeps leading on about, like, you know, the dialogue is a common humanity, and they never mention what the hell this is until the movie when it's like, oh, they mean aliens, but they're not, like, living forms as we would, ex- you know, expect. They're, they're essentially sentient, like, rocks.
2: Gotta love a good rock.
3: But it was—it's you know—it's a really cool, you know, thought though because I know I know there's been a lot of talks you know about that that you know life may not look the way we perceive life, and for all we know, it could be life that looks like a cloud.
1: Honestly, when you said that it was a a rock, I just the scene from SpongeBob popped in my head. If some an if some astro an astrobiologist goes up and goes, "That's a boulder. It's not just a boulder. It's a rock." and people and it actually would be alive like a living breeding organism so
0: we're going to get into the actual invaders now <gasps> Zim? lg little did i great say throwback the... uh no so the inva- first invaders <laughs> first invaders to talk about uh, lgm and bhm these obviously are drawing a lot from the Roswell incidents that we cite in the beginning but what it says is that uh these pokemon appeared or uh, appeared on the on the world i kept wanting to say earth i'm like "Eh, pokemon world's not earth yes it is It's earth earth ish they started to appear in the pokemon world about 50 years before the start of the game so it's actually really recent in in terms of like the game lore
3: it's it's literally like right when roswell would have happened because it's the 1960s
0: yeah so uh very very intentional
3: (laughs) these games came out 2009
0: (laughs) yeah so, uh, these ones draw, uh, they, BHM and L.G.M. draw a lot on the lore that surrounds alien encounters, uh, because, uh, they rewrite the memory of people they interact with, which, when you look at people who claim to have been abducted by aliens, they almost always come with a handy degree of memory loss, uh, and so BHM and L.G.M. are just basically, like, you didn't see us that's
2: very common with um stories about like the grays like the that little which is also the um do we have the, what their names are in the thing in here the hopkinsville ones no the lgm and bm so their names are plays on acronyms for little green men and bug-eyed men oh which yeah were like classic little green aliens and then bem is the bug-eyed men which is like your grays um, like the classic like later on you know little gray dudes the mind wiping all that good stuff
3: also, can we comment that they came out in the first game that took place in the U.S.?
2: Yes. That's
1: very important. Like, that's so, it's so quintessentially American to think about the little green men and stuff. I love it. I'm trying to hang on. I'm looking up for in Japanese. Oh, there it is. I found it. Rigure, as in uh, little gray.
2: Oh, so gray. That's the grays. Yeah.
1: I just can't, you can't use an L sound in Japanese. So I have to, like, when I read an L, like, no, you can't pronounce it. You have to sound it like an R because that's all they got.
0: BHM and LGM are also my favorite uh, Sword and Shield Pokedex entries because it says that they came there to abduct Dubwools. Yes. Uh, which obviously ties in a lot with, like, the, like, the, people always talk about the aliens abducting, you know, ag- or livestock and all that. I want to know, like, why do they want Dubwool? Only double. Why aren't they taking the uh, the Wulus? Did they come to Galar exclusively for the sheep? It's because
3: like, the Wulu the just aren't strong enough to handle the Tessio.
2: Or they like they roll all around the spaceship.
1: That'd be really funny, like man, like
2: oh god, it, it won't stop rolling. They're really annoying in zero. They're really annoying in zero gravity. <laughs> Why did we make a flying
1: saucer? They just keep rolling in a circle. We can't stop them. Get them out of here. God, no. I, honestly, I think a dub. I think a double will. I think the double thing is pretty fun. I, I I love that. And maybe the horn stopped them from rolling but um they lgm
0: and BHM are said to like fly through like the i think it was the cornfields or some kind of agricultural crop but obviously crop circles are very big in america as well too so the next invader that we have you could argue whether or not they are uh nice one is definitely not nice also don uh you said you gotta love a good rock uh, so.
2: Oh, Lunatone and Solrock. Yeah, honestly, I like both of these Pokemon a lot. Their shinies are really cool. Um, I think they have a cool design. I think the like the first double battle, one of the few, very few as well, double battle gym leaders, which I also thought was cool. Honestly, I'm a, I, I'm just really like both of these guys. Solrock,
0: Solrock is actually relevant in the trading card game right now.
2: Is it? Also, it gets Flamethrower. If I remember right, Lunatone has cut at least one like regional level event, maybe a national. I think 2016, it had a niche use, and also maybe now that it's got Meteor Beam, it could do something, but um, it matched really well in the Primal Groudon in like 2016, since it's Rock Levitate, um, and it got Skill Swap, so you could Skill Swap Levitate onto your Primal Groudon, or your Kyogre or whatever, and it had an ice move for Landorus. That's my Lunatune okay. lore for everyone. <laughs>
0: Well, these two, uh, these two landed in X and Y about forty years before the start of the game, and there is no indication that uh, a small amount or like a specific amount of them came out of the meteorite, which kind of terrifies me because it like it's the amount that They're they are living rock
3: like the living meteorite like in Gundam.
0: They just like keep reproducing, and it's scary how many there are. Especially and also with like the LGM and BGM, like they're not coming back. They are just reproducing here, <laughs> and it should terrify the Pokemon people.
1: I mean, oh and oh no, my favorite region's going to be taken over by floating evil rocks. You know Darn what it.
3: Gundam said it. We had to be careful of the L's.
1: So we should. So should we just keep building giant robots and hope they stop?
2: They are weak to. They are weak to steel. <laughs>
1: Cool, grab the Gundams, grab the robots, grab the Zoids. We're going to take down these aliens the only way we know how. <laughs> With the Zoids.
2: I would watch that movie.
1: I mean, if we could also go Pacific Rim if you want. Yelma Del... Sorry, Pacific Rim 1. Pacific Rim 2 is trash. But giant robots versus aliens has taught me that giant robots win most of the time. I don't
3: know. I also saw cowboys versus aliens. <laughs> There's no giant robots, though.
0: It's yeah, more... yeah
1: they, needed, they didn't have a giant robot. Otherwise, the movie would be over too quickly. That's Lucas's, the Cowboys' Lucas's point
0: stands. I, I like the idea of them coming in on a meteor, though, because meteor showers are often used in science fiction and pop culture. Isn't that culture.
2: Day of the De- or Night of the Living Dead? One of the early zombie movies I remember is a meteor.
0: Uh, it's – I can't remember right now. But basically, meteor showers are often used as a cover event for an alien invasion because there's so many things popping up on the radar that no one's going to notice this little, like, devious rock-carrying psychic floating stones that are going to invade your world.
1: Yeah, that's still used today in modern sci-fi. Like there are like indie sci-fi films that are like, "Yep, the meteor shower dropped in this horrifying creature." Like it's it's interesting. Oh, so it
2: was a uh, radiation from a satellite from Venus is what caused it, not the Living Dead. Oh. right Yeah, great movie.
3: That makes sense. <laughs> so Luke,
2: Lucas, hit
0: us with the the big time invader.
1: The big time invader to me is, is the always- Asian carp. <laughs> Yes, actually, that would work too. Deoxys is my go-to for that. because. It's oh, but such, it's so
3: cute. It just needs a it, hug.
1: It's such a cool design. And maybe a hug would work. But it also could just absorb and kill you. One of the two. Please don't find out with yourself. Well, I, I also love the name. So deoxys is short for deoxyribonucleic acid, which is just DNA. Like that's the whole reason it's got that name in English. And what's so cool to me is that while it is a virus from space, we actually do find the protein building blocks for DNA in meteorites. Like, so this has led to a lot of speculation about where the original building blocks of life came from, but from many scientists, they think like, okay, we, since we are all stardust, like all the proteins and all that stuff that originally kicked off life at the very beginning, most likely came from outer space in some regard. Now, the fact that anything could survive traveling through space is horrifying to me without some sort of technology. Because uh, Have
3: you not met sinks. tardigrades?
2: Tardigrades are weird because if they, they could attack have... us, we'll put some snails out and then <laughs> there won't be any more tardigrades. Yeah, they can't...
1: They can survive heat and cold, but you survive any... They can't survive an impact. Like, they'll just splat.
2: I mean, there's a, They are so light, though. Maybe they'll just sort of like not splat that. Maybe air resistance will slow them down so much that they won't splat.
1: And that's something interesting too. People have like brought up this whole the time that like, what if there was a species that came in from a meteor sort of deal? And that's an interesting way of looking at it, but they also don't have any true evidence. And it's kind of a weirdo niche of science. I don't believe a word of them, but I do think it's an interesting possibility that we got these building blocks and Deoxys is so cool because it really is just this alien piece of DNA that came in from a rock. And then got corrupted on Earth and thus took on a form that we can more recognize. As you said, Madison, life probably doesn't look anything like that. What if Deoxys crashed on a completely different planet? It's basically adapting to the environment that it's on right now.
2: I like that. That's a cool theory.
1: Imagine if Deoxys landed on Saturn. Imagine what life it would look like. Like, that's such a cool concept. You're 100% right, Madison. It Life would not look anything like it did. And if it lands on our planet in order to survive, it has to play by our rules in order to survive.
3: Otherwise, we're just going to get out our head and shoulders.
1: What? Is that an evolution joke? Yeah! Oh, thank you. Oh, I love that. I love that movie. I, was like, oh, I, I can't. Understand I
2: understand happen. the reference, but I couldn't place it. Very good. For, Very good. for, well for the people
0: who have not seen that movie, they fight aliens with shampoo. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it doesn't Shampoo. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we
2: know that uh, water also works, so, like, it's not that crazy.
1: Yeah, pick your favorite alien weakness. Get the water type. <laughs> Throw a cup of water on it. That'd be really funny if aliens actually ditch you up. Everyone just tried using the movie trope before using actual guns. <laughs>
2: get the Get the water! Like everyone get the fire oh, hose. It's like, what
3: do you know? They're actually allergic to lead.
2: Yeah, honey. or
3: is it, wait, or is it the bullets? I what was tell. uh?
2: What's the Futurama where they're like, and so the aliens were defeated by God's humblest creature, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> there's
3: a running joke about that on Solar Opposites too, Don. Where every 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 planet they land on, uh, there's T Rexes on every single planet.
0: When when these water allergic aliens come, my habits of not putting away my glasses filled with half uh, half filled with water will come in very handy.
3: <laughs> yeah, you and Kevin are set. You and Kevin are set.
1: Oh
0: God,
3: Oh, my lord! Oh, All right,
1: lord. let's
0: uh let's head to the wrap up. Spooky time is coming to an end. <laughs> All right, as we're wrapping up, we just want to give a shout out to our newest patron, Dark Pyralis. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it.
1: So I want to thank you guys for doing Spooky Time with Aliens because I'll be honest, I don't do demon and ghost movies well. I get that from my mom. We're very Wait, much like- you want to come watch some M. Night Shyamalan with me? M. Night Shy- No. That man hasn't apologized for The Last Airbender yet. At least the writers of Dragon Ball apologize. I won't watch that man if you paid me. No.
3: I liked old. I liked old
1: old old it it still gives him money no i refuse every cent he get draws him closer to trying to make the last airbender too he still wants to do it i'll i'll send you my already paid for dvd of the 6 cents
3: <laughs> make you watch it
1: <laughs> there is a lake outside my window with an alligator i'm going to give it to there's the a lake
3: outside lucas's window
0: you're more a lady in the water
1: fan I am not know Shape of the Water. Paul G
3: and Maddie Oh, I miss Paul G and Bryce Dallas Howard.
0: They are they haven't gone anywhere. Yeah, she <laughs> was just in all the Jurassic Park <laughs> You can watch a lot of stuff with both of them.
3: I know, but I love I like that movie.
1: All right, guys. Thank you so much, listeners, for listening to us ramble about aliens. To be honest, when you hear about rambling about aliens, it's not normally this much against the fact that they might not have shown up at all, which is odd. But I think it's important to talk about it because it is a huge. I know what I saw. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much. And we're we're coming up to the new game. By the time this episode ends, we have almost a month until it comes out. All right, guys, until next time, have a wonderful day or night. Bye, everybody.